This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. You may have noticed some strange things going on in the broader culture these past few years. Whether it's on Netflix or broadcast television, or bizarre things going on in public libraries and schools, something odd is going on, and as parents, grandparents, or friends of parents who honestly just want to see their young ones thrive, you are probably concerned. Those strange things seem satanic to not only us, but to normal people, who don't even share our religious convictions. Certainly not everyone sees what we see, which can only be characterized by a rising tide of cultural Satanism. But many do see it, and many are resisting it, even if feebly. Those who defend it may themselves be cultural Satanists. By cultural Satanists, I don't mean that they go to black masses, listen to the Satanic musical offerings of Katy Perry and Lady Gaga 24-7, and make ritual sacrifices to Moloch. By cultural Satanists, I do mean that they've imbibed of the values of Satanism, and they hold them as important values in their lives, including a sort of rugged individualism on steroids combined with an attitude that can only be described as some men are born kings, others are born slaves. That is a direct paraphrasing from a Satanic musician I saw in an interview with several years ago, and it has always stuck with me because it is the attitude of much of the people of the Western world today. It's profoundly anti-Catholic and anti-Christian in general, and it permeates the culture around us. I'm not the only one noticing this either. Several exorcists have recently come out warning against the rising tide of Satanism in the Western world, and how it's specifically targeting the youngest members of society. God help us. Let's get into this. Our report today comes from the International Exorcist Association by way of LifeSite News. The IEA operates out of the Vatican. Yes, there are still good men doing the work of our Lord in the Vatican, and they need your prayers and support in general. An open letter was released by the president of the International Exorcist Association, Father Francesco Beaumont. The full text follows, followed by my own commentary. Fair warning, though, the full text is translated using Google Translate, and as such, some of the syntax may be off just a bit. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. At present, the attempt to propose Satanism as a normal alternative to other cults, to the various initiatory paths, to the different philosophies of life, is clearly in progress. It even goes so far as to state that if the devil worship is limited to the simple celebration of the devil, and those who practice it do not commit crimes, there is nothing wrong. This affirmation denotes a lack of discernment between good and evil because Satanism has principles that affirm the overwhelming of the person in his dignity and autonomy, and therefore whoever worships the devil, sooner or later, will certainly be subject to an internal involvement that will originate a behavior according to principles that are harmful and destructive of human dignity. A further contribution given to the nefarious project of normalizing contact with demons and presenting the practice of Satanism as a good and positive thing is the news reached in these days of the publication in the United States of a volume entitled A Children's Book of Demons. 
What is even more tragic, however, is that the author, Aaron Layton, openly addresses children between the ages of 5 and 10, therefore to a particularly helpless and conditioned audience. In the book, A Children's Book of Demons, the author, questioning the children, she says, Summon the demons has never been so much fun. This is the summary he gives. Don't you want to take out the trash tonight? Maybe you're swimming in your homework. Maybe that big bully is a real nuisance. Well, take your colored pencils and using the abilities in the seal design, call some demons. But be careful, even if these spirits are more foolish than scary, they are always demons. The author, without any restraint, presents the children with the evocation of demons as something ordinary and recommendable, inviting them to ally themselves with them to gain some advantages. How does he teach you to summon demons? Drawing the demonic seals, that is the symbols that represent them. In this way, children are repro reproduced symbols very similar to those reproduced in the grimoires, which in the world of magic are manuals, in which are taught with meticulous details the procedures necessary to contact good or presumed such spirits and evil spirits. Satanists also use grimoires, obviously only turning to evil spirits. In the book, A Children's Book of Demons, the author, by simplifying a grimoire as much as possible, adapts it to children. That is to say, he transforms it into a fun game. The demonic seals act as a telephone number to contact evil spirits. But with demons, you do not mess around. Whoever invites a child to summon demons is like a person who puts a grenade in his hands to play. Sooner or later, the child will pull the fuse away and the bomb will explode in his hands. Who invites a child to summon demons is like telling him that it is possible to get help from a criminal, to get something. Whoever invites a child to evoke demons is causing him to lose his identity, his personality, and to be destroyed morally, psychologically, and spiritually. Whoever invites a child to summon demons is already an ally of demons. Whoever invites a child to invoke demons is deceiving him and is preparing him to be unhappy, because he does not present them as they really are, good angels, but voluntarily becomes evil, enemies of God and humanity. Beings full of hatred towards every man, intent on suggesting every evil and every perversity, with the sole purpose of putting ourselves against each other, and finally of separating ourselves def definitively from God and leading us to eternal perdition in an endless suffering. Instead, they are presented as beings to be able to easily evoke, with which it is possible to ally, to obtain some advantage. A children's book of demons, therefore, represents a further stage in that obscure project that, starting in the 1970s, proposes starting from a first generic approach to the esotericism of the new generations to go down, gradation after step, up to the explicit proposal to worship the devil. This dark practice is presented to new generations as a good and convenient attitude, totally subverting the discernment between what is good and what is bad. Reflect on what Jesus says in the Gospel about scandals, and in particular the words, Whoever offends one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and thrown into the sea. Signed, the President of the International Exorcist Association, Father Francesco Beaumont. Normally, I don't ask people to share my videos or audio with others, but if and I thank those of you who just do it on your own. But if you know parents who may be susceptible to this, and are believing Catholics who would take the warnings of an exorcist seriously, either send them this video or go to my blog, turn to tradition.org, find the show notes for this episode, and send them the link to the exorcist letter that you'll find there. Either way, I do think it's important that parents are aware of what's going on. I don't care what you share, but please do something. Anyway, this rising tide of Satanism 
isn't merely tasteless and dangerous books that promote Satanism. We see it in the popular culture broadly, especially in much of the offerings towards children that the likes of Netflix and others are promoting. Now, they'll say those offerings aren't for kids, but let's be real. Streaming cartoons will be available to kids unless the parents set very tough age restrictions for access. So, for example, Netflix offers a satanic cartoon called Big Mouth, where one of the main characters is a literal demon who promotes impurity. But it's worse than that. You can go to a website like Canon 212 and just look for anything to do with Satanism, or Packy Mommy, or anything like that, and there are no shortage of stories about that topic. For example, Netflix just released a kid's cartoon about the demon Packy Mommy, which had originally been introduced on Netflix in France on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe in 2018, and it was part of a big UN rollout for spreading devotion to that pagan demon. If you don't think this is demonic, just listen to what the producer of this film said and its origins. The following quotes come from Church Militant's article on this, which I accessed from Canon 212. Quote, But with this ecological theme, I don't want to make it very conceptual, explaining too much, being too didactic. That would have been boring, and ultimately I think that those ideas and concepts don't get to small children. I wanted the film to be more like a feeling, working on the emotional level more than on the intellectual. The story is very simple, and that gives the opportunity to let go and get in a contemplative state where rhythm, colors, and music help to bring out positive feelings and emotions. He said the idea came to him in the form of a vision he had on a Cuban beach, which is a reminiscent of Teilhard de Chardin's experience. Quote, I imagined how in the very same beach, but more than 500 years ago, the natives were watching the first European conquistadors arrive. How disappointed they must have been when they realized that those strange creatures, looking like gods in their shining armor, were only bringing along the most savage part of their humanity. End quote. So yeah, he, of course, tossed in some anti-European propaganda because he couldn't help himself. Now, what do we do about all of this? At this point, I'm shocked whenever I meet someone who still has a Netflix account. I don't really see a difference between having that or paid access to a porn site that you can access through television like you can with Netflix. They both amount to the same thing. Bringing the demonic into your home, bringing things that can absolutely destroy your soul, with absolute access available to the most vulnerable members of the family. But maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy when it comes to this kind of thing. Let me know what you think about this in the comments. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.